Hello, my name is Katie, and this is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. So one thing I like to do is just keep it real with you guys. And just want to explain how I get guests and how it all works behind the scenes, because I don't know if I, if you're like me, I used to think that podcasting sounded super fancy in this like uncharted world or whatever, but it's not super fancy at all. Essentially, I get guests by finding people I love on social media and reaching out and saying, Hey, would you want to be a guest? And, or I am part of a list of people who have books coming out and the publishers will reach out to me and say, Hey, would you like to have this guest on your show? Which is really how I get some quote, bigger names. I don't know if these names sound familiar to you, but like in the past, we've had Shauna Nequist, Sandra Stanley, um, Sheila Gregoire. Her episode hasn't aired yet. She wrote the great sex rescue. She's amazing. But anyways, that is also how we got Paul Angoni, who is going to be our guest today. I am just so excited to share this conversation with you. He wrote two books specifically geared to our 20-year-old friends and has a new book coming out. And basically, we're just going to talk about all the things, all his expertise on all this. But yeah, um, and also (laughs) keeping it real, I am in between Wizard of Oz stuff. Yes, I said Wizard of Oz. Our daughter is in the middle school production of Wizard of Oz. So I'm running back and forth to the school, helping with costumes and all the things and also airing a podcast. So, you know, that's the reality of life. (laughs) Like I said, I want to keep it real with you guys because my hope for you is you will have a podcast and or a book or a speaker or whatever it is you want to do in this world. I don't want it to ever feel unattainable or something that's just vague and unreal. It is very real and very possible. And anyway, my passions are also for you finding a voice. But without further ado, Paul Angoni wrote 101 Secrets for Your 20s, 101 Questions for You to Ask in Your 20s, and also his brand new book, Listen to Your Day. So I know you're going to love this episode. Here we go. Oh, and one more thing. I'm bringing back the intro. We haven't used this in a little bit. So let me know what you think through DMs. Here is our intro. If you are in your 20s hoping there is more to life than boys and Bacardi, you are in the right place. Katie Ballmer has been a keynote speaker to over 60 colleges nationwide, encouraging 20-somethings to realize their worth, find their calling, and not date their bags. But seriously, Katie is an author, viral TikTok creator, wife, mom of two girls, and your adopted aunt that you never knew how bad you needed. Ready to have some real conversation tackling the hottest topics? This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Paul, hello. Welcome to The Truth For Your 20s. Oh, thanks for having me, Katie. Okay, Paul Angoni, correct? That's right. Yeah, my middle name's Anthony, so I could be Tony Angoni if I wanted to be a true <laughs> a true Italian, but I feel like I'd have to show a lot more chest hair during the interview, some more gold chains. You really got to live up to Tony Angoni. I mean, that's... That, you got to own it. <laughs> yes. The whole author life would definitely be just a cover for my my importing, (laughs) exporting business. (laughs) My dad is Louis. My dad is Louis Anthony Angoni. And he looks like a a mafia hitman. And uh, he was a pastor my whole life. Okay. And I would always tell people like, you know, that might or might not. Yeah, that was a pretty good (laughs) cover, being a pastor, you know. (laughs) Sure he was. <laughs> so this is what we're this is what we're here to talk about, right? My in, hey, my, in, my Italian guys, ancestry. Yes. yes. <laughs> we're here to talk about a lot of things. You're you have such wisdom for our our listeners, especially our twenty something year old friends. Five books under your belt. Five published ones. A few others that no one's seen yet. You know that hey, exist just on my computer, but five published one day. ones. 
One day, day they will see the light of day. <laughs> but 101 secrets to your 20s and 101 questions to, you need to ask in your 20s, I would love for you to like just share a little bit about because holy moly, like that's genius. Just tactical questions to ask, who you're talking to, all the good things. So yeah, yeah tell me, tell me first of all, why you decided to write to that age market. Yeah, you know, it's a uh, basically it starts with me feeling like a complete failure. You know, that's where the motivation started. I just felt like after college. You know, like many of us, I thought I was going to go jump right into my dream job or make a lot of money, change the world, you know, sure. find my wife, find the perfect house, you know, just all those expectations that we quickly realize goes up in flames, yeah. you know, about 23, 24, 25. And uh, so I was traveling around for, you know, a recruiting job. I was by myself in a lot of different states, rental cars, hotel rooms, and just feeling really lonely. Yeah. So, so that's where it started, where it's like, man, what is going on here? Like, this seems a lot more difficult and not as straightforward as I thought yeah. it might be. So that's why I started writing about it. And uh, and then, you know, it was a quick 10-year journey of, I'm going to start writing about this to seeing my first book published, uh, where I got rejected all along the way by every publisher yeah. around who said, why are you writing to 20-somethings? Like, that's not a market. You shouldn't do that. Uh, but I felt like, no, there's something really unique about, yeah. you know, what then Meg Jay called your defining decade of your life. Yes. And, uh, and I had it my is. first book, 101 Secrets to Your 20s come out right along with the, 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 the defining decade. And uh, so that was actually a big boost. So they got linked on Amazon. So, oh, so Meg Jay had a big TED talk. And so she got really well known. And then it was like my little 101 Secrets to Your 20s book. <laughs> kind of tag along with her, you know, but hey, uh, that works. it was, it was fun to prove in a, in a way to show to publishers, you know, there was, was a market to this, but, yeah. but, I, but it, it started with a website for me and a blog post blown up. And that's a whole other story. Similar to me. I, I had a blog post blow up and then like, wait, well, I have more to say about this. Maybe this should yeah. be a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, my, my blog post was 21 secrets for your twenties. Oh, wow. And, uh, and it started, uh, on Pinterest, people started pinning the article everywhere, oh, and wow. uh, it it crashed my website a few times. Wow! Uh, I didn't know that could be a problem that your website uh. could crash from too much traffic. Wow! Um, and uh, and then that kind of that was the tipping point moment, right? But but it took about ten years, you know. So it's that old adage that it takes about ten years yeah. to create an overnight success. Yes. Um, not that I was an overnight success, but it was like my my foot in the door. You know, it was just like I just finally had gotten it in there. And, uh, and then that led to my first book deal where it was like, well, let's make 101 secrets your twenties. Yeah. And, uh, can you get this book to us in a month? And I said, sure, of course I can. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> and you did it. And I so, did it. So 101 secrets, obviously I'm not going to ask you to unpack all of those, but tell me some of the ones you get the most comments on some of the ones that you, you hear repeated all the time. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, I think, uh, one of the first ones that, that gets repeated a lot is, is a, it's, it's kind of a simple, it's a, it's a bigger kind of philosophical one, but it's the possibility for greatness and embarrassment mm. both exist in the same space. Yeah. Uh, you can't do anything great if you're not willing to be embarrassed in the process. And, uh, and I tell, a, I tell a story about how I was at a July 4th picnic parade and I, I rode my bike and I stumbled across like a Beach Boys a cover band concert. And, uh, and there was like probably 500 people in the audience watching this concert. And I pulled yeah. up right at the perfect time where they said, you know, we're going to give away this free uh, Les Paul guitar for whoever can do the best air, air guitar contest who will come on stage. So like the first five people to make it on stage will get to be in this contest. 
And it was perfect. I, I had a head start above the whole audience. I'm like, this is good. And I, and I was like, how cool would it be if I took this, if I got a guitar and I went back to my group? I was like, yeah. look what I won. You know, what a great story that would be. But long story short, I, I looked at the stage, I looked at the audience and I said, I don't want to jump up on stage. I don't want to mm-hmm. embarrass myself. And then, and then I proceeded to watch five other people go. And, uh, and I was saying to myself, you know, gosh, these people are doing such a terrible job. Like they're so, you can tell they're afraid, they're nervous. They're not really going for it. Like yeah. I could have done so much better, but then it was like, well, Paul, you're in the third row. Like you were too scared to even get up on stage. So how can you judge these people? They're at least up there. Yeah. And that was kind of that moment of like, you know, you have to be willing to embarrass yourself, you know, in this age of social media, I think we're so scared to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anybody knows if you're going to do anything worth doing, you got to take that risk of embarrassment in the process. We could just, that's a whole, oh yes. Yes. And amen. <laughs> <laughs> I know Brene Brown. I remember one of her Ted talks talks about that, how like love and vulnerability are two sides of the same coin. Mm. And essentially the same thing. Like you, you can't expect big things. You can't uh, love deeply. You can't, can't have all the stuff we also mm-hmm. want without the the vulnerability, the putting yourself out there, the doing brave things. And I think we all want, um, especially our, you know, Amazon prime culture of take a pill and fix everything kind of mindset. No, like the, the hard work, the uncomfortable mm-hmm. is, is the other side of the same thing that you want. So Ex- yeah, exactly. You know, and that's another secret I did is, you know, that you're going to, you're going to fail, you're going to fail a ton. Like that's yeah. a big part of life. And especially in your twenties, but don't start calling yourself a failure. You know, don't start making it a name, a noun. Um, you know, it's just something that didn't go right. And it's, yeah. it's just, it's just like a game of, uh, emerging adults, you know, elimination. You're just kind of crossing things off the list. Like, nope, it's not going to be that. Nope. It's not going to be that. But you're every time you're getting a little bit closer. And, yeah. uh, and that was for me, you know, all the, all the rejection, I mean, and I got rejected by every publisher. It was really painful. I mean, that was a that was a hard few years, five years of my life that I just kind of quickly yada yada yada. You get a book deal, but yeah. that was really hard, and I almost quit many times over. But it was it was those lessons. It was, uh, you know, I, I wasn't ready at twenty five for a book deal. Yeah, I, I wasn't ready from a skill set standpoint, but I also wasn't ready for from a character standpoint. Um, you know, looking back, I really would have been crushed by any kind of visible success. Mm. So it was kind of like, you know, for me, for me, it was kind of like God saying, you know what, hold on, you yeah. know, we, we have to set the table before we can enjoy the feast yes. and, and we're working on setting the table right now so that you can be ready if any food starts coming your way. That's so good too. I think I heard someone talking about growing your social media platform. Everyone wants more followers on the internet, but not everyone is ready. And mm. that that's case in point. So, you know, I had a, a first viral video and I like freaked the heck on out because like, uh, you know, when you have viral video, you will 1000% also get haters. And mm. that had never happened before. And it's like, Oh my God, you know? And I think that so many people want the good without the bad. And we could do three podcast episodes just on that. But yeah. um, being famous, uh, having a book deal, chasing your dreams, whatever it may be, starting a business, getting rich, it all has good and bad. And so you yeah. have to take it both. Yeah. And just one more note on that. What you just said reminded me of a Mother Teresa quote that's always mm-hmm. been a guiding post for me of if you're truly humble nothing will touch you, neither praise nor disgrace because you know who you are. 
Yes. And that's something that I've always held true, you know, that, that, cause, cause a lot of praise and a lot of criticism both can mess you up. Right. But it's just kind of that steady, you know, I'm going to keep moving forward on the path that I feel like I, I should go down yeah. and there's going to be some winding in between and, and, and some getting lost. Uh, but, but I know who I am and, and yes. I know what I'm about. And, uh, and so I'm not going to let either sway me too far one way or the other. That's so good because yes, you're right. Praise will can take you off the tracks as well. We've seen many a celebrity fall, unfortunately, because they had it all. And right. Yeah. Oh, so much to unpack, but I'm already like on 12, 12 rabbit trails. So good. Okay. I don't want secrets for your twenties, but then you also wrote 101 questions you need to ask in your twenties. I'd love for you to just give us a little scoop into that if you don't mind. Yeah. So that one was, you know, I, I basically broke it up into four categories of questions about career, questions about relationships, questions about faith and purpose, you know, kind of the bigger, why am I here questions? And then questions about just what does it mean to be an adult? Mm -hmm. You know, just practical, logistical questions. And, uh, and it was a follow-up, you know, it's a similar style to my 101 Secrets book. It was a follow-up book to, to the 101 Secrets book, but just trying to pose really good questions, you know, with my commentary, you know, it's not just 101 questions and that's it. You know, I'm kind of working and you're working through it with readers, but allowing them the space to find their answers. You know, that's that's always my goal as an author. You know, I'm not trying to present to them just here's my framework for how you be successful and follow these seven steps and you'll do it, you know, and then, and then, you know, sign up for my seminar and pay a lot of money and I'll teach you with the principles. That's never been my style. My style has always been, let me give you the framework. Let me give you the questions so that you can unpack this for yourself you know, and, and what I call, you know, my metaphor is finding your signature sauce. Mm. So I, I kind of picture each person as that, that chef in the kitchen and they're bringing these different ingredients into the, the flavor that they can give to the world. Mm. And, uh, and so it's about trying to uncover what are those ingredients and what amounts your, your values, your skills, your relationships, your story, the different things that makes you, you, so that you can create that flavor that people are going to be like, man, that that's a substance I really need. And, yeah. uh, and so that's that goal with the 101 questions book. Mm-hmm. Um, and just one simple question that actually came from, a, a man named Seth Godin, who's, mm-hmm. who's somebody I look up to. He's like a marketing business guru, New York times yeah. bestselling author. Um, he, he gave me a question. I've been able to kind of build a relationship with him. And he, he gave me a question for the book that said, um, uh, what am I afraid of doing? And, uh, or what it no, what is fear holding me back from doing? And is it worth it? Mm. And uh and I thought that was such a great question that I included in the book. Uh, yeah. because it's like, yeah, what 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 is fear again holding me back from doing? But is it worth it? Yeah. And it was that that part of the question that really was drove it home for me of and and that was coming from me emailing him very afraid. Uh, because I was like, I don't want to bother Seth Godin and who am I? And he's not going to want to give me a question for my book. And, and so it came with a lot of fear and trembling. It's like he could read the the shivering fingers that wrote him the wow. email, you know? Um, but, but so that's what that book is. It's meant to really help, help other people unpack these big questions so that they can build the framework, their signature sauce for themselves. I'm just like so, so impressed of just that example right there, emailing Seth Godin, because yeah, you could like a hundred percent, most people would be like, oh, you know, he's big time. Why would I bother? So worst case scenario, he doesn't respond. So what do you lose? Exactly. But, yeah. But you did. And now we have something to talk about on this podcast and well, a really good question in your book. 
and he endorsed my first book. Uh, and I had no, Amazing. I had no connection with him. I literally just cold emailed him. And, wow. uh, and I, I, I was crawling in a little kid's tunnel chasing my two year old. And, uh, and of course I, you know, like a distracted person that I am, which ties into my new book. I was checking my phone while chasing my kid. And I saw that Seth Godin had endorsed my book. And I remember like standing up like right away while I was in this tunnel and like this tunnel is attached to me. And I'm just like shouting to my wife, like Seth Godin endorsed my book. Um, you know, and, but, but there's 30 other people that never responded. Right. But you know, yeah, you, it's again, the biggest, you know, the biggest risk we can take is not taking any risks at all. Mm. And, and that's been kind of my whole career is just, let me just keep risking and keep throwing it out there. Keep throwing the seeds, you know, and nine of those seeds aren't, they're just going to stay in the ground and I won't ever see the growth. Uh, But maybe one of them, you know, is going to grow into something beautiful. We just don't know. Yeah. And you never know until you throw the seeds. Hey, I hope you're loving this episode. And if you've been around here for a minute, you know that everything I do is to be who I needed when I was younger. And one of those favorite things I like to offer is online mentoring. Basically, my calendar's up, you pick a time, you want to chat with me, and we make it happen. But I noticed in a lot of these calls, some of the same things come up. So what I did is just recorded everything. Recorded relationship advice, money advice, faith callings and questions, whatever it may be. I just recorded all of the most common things I hear in mentoring calls and have it available for you whenever you want to download it. Think about this as all the best advice from the podcast, what you might not hear on mentoring calls and everything else from the internet all piled together. And by truth for your twenties listeners get $20 off with promo code truth. So the link is going to be waiting for you in my show notes and also my link in bio on Instagram, but it's basically all my best big sister advice, everything from online mentoring right there. My goal is this to be just a valuable resource for you to dive into anytime you need it, get a refresher anytime you need it. You can watch it unlimited amount of times. I had a girl message me saying she watched it twice because it was that helpful and you get $20 off with promo code truth. So the link again is right here in the show notes and I hope you gain some truths for your twenties. Okay. Well, yes. Getting into your next book, um, listen to your day. Uh, talking about being distracted and then, you know, being aware and just all of that good stuff. I, I want to hear more about that because obviously we live in a very distracted culture. As you said, the, I can, I wish we had that on video, you in the tube and the whole stuff coded thing, <laughs> <laughs> picturing it in my mind. But yeah, tell me about why you decided to write this book and then I want to get into it. Yeah. So it, listen to your day and the subtitle is the life changing practice of paying attention. And, and again, I wrote this book based off what I felt like I was really failing at. So again, it's very personal to me because I felt like, man, uh, I'm losing my ability to focus. I, I can hardly even sit five minutes to read a book, let alone sit five minutes to try to write a book. Yeah. And, uh, and this is my life, my career. And, and yet I'm so easily distracted uh, from trying to do good work. Uh, and then also just in my day to day life, you know, I, I have four kids uh, under 12 years old. Uh, I'm a stay at home, work at home, dad, you know, I'm always just around. And, uh, so I know what it's like to just be, you know, have, you know, I, I I say it's like having four radio stations on in the house at max volume, all on different stations. You know, that's what it's like having kids around the house, just (laughs) very noisy. Um, but I felt like I was constantly missing those, you know, meaningful moments in my life Mm -hmm. because I'd become what I call a, a cultural escape artist where it's become so socially acceptable now and uh, to just escape into our phones. 
you know, to just, and we don't even necessarily know we're doing it anymore. Yeah. It's become such a reflex. So that's where I felt like, man, this is such an important topic. I think this is, you know, for, for obviously worth giving my two years of my life researching and writing about because I felt like, man, how, how are we going to do anything worth doing in this life if we're not able to recapture our own attention and start intentionally placing it to things that we actually say are important yeah. because we're wasting so much of our time play, paying our attention to things that don't have much meaning in our lives. So right. why and how do we change that? Yeah, I was just looking at one of the um, endorsements of the book. Uh, if you have a smartphone in your pocket, you would be smart to read this book again and again. <laughs> I love that. And it's true. You know, none of us are, social media is a good thing. Our phones are a helpful, beautiful tool. And I'm not here to hate on that, but it has created a problem as understatement of the year, but it has created a lot of distractions. So I guess just, just parking there for a second, what have you done? What practices, what practical tips have you found to kind of like disengage and like phone you are great, but not right now because I'm writing a book kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of different parts of that, you know, yeah. and, and, and we can, I think we, we, we all need to start with maybe the deeper questions, mm-hmm. you know, again, going to some deeper questions of, you know, why is my day bigger than my distractions? Mm-hmm. You know, wh- why is my purpose worth paying attention to? Yeah, that's and, uh, and I think we got to start there because we can get to the tools and the, you know, the different things that can help us limit our, our time on our phone or limit that reflex response. But I think we do need to ask ourselves some of those bigger questions, especially even starting our day. You know, so I talk about in the book, you know, how are we, you know, we all know that starting our day well is important, but it definitely in, in this case of paying attention is that we only, we only see what we're looking for. So paying attention is not a passive process. It's actually a choice that we make. And, uh, and a lot of psychologists have studied this and they call it inattentional blindness. And I break this down in the book and I talk about this at length, but basically it's the theory that we actually don't see so much that comes in front of us every day. We're not aware of it because we're not looking for it. And, uh, and I, I have a lot of funny examples, a, a moonwalking bear video example that probably a lot of people have seen, but these different ways that, uh, that show, wow, we really don't see that much. So we have to make a conscious choice. So that's again, why starting your day off with a, maybe even just a question of what do I want to accomplish today? Why is today important? What, what is my goal for today? That's good. And you're setting, uh, uh, your mind, you're basically giving your mind a map to follow, that says, hey, this you're telling your mind, this is what's important today. This is what we want to focus on, and we want to pay attention to this. Yeah. And then that's what you'll start seeing. That's what you'll start hearing. You, you'll find more revelation and ideas pertaining to that. Versus if you just start your day off with your phone, your the news or whatever. Well, now you're starting your day off focusing on drama, focusing <laughs> on the tyranny of the urgent. And then that's what you're going to be focused on. That you're going to be your mind's going to be looking for all of that the rest of the day. So that's just one quick thing, but also a deeper thing about how do we start changing our habits and practices with what we're paying attention to. Yeah, I'm getting all the- theological, is that the word, <laughs> over here? But also, you know, as as believers, as Christians, like how inspiring would it be if 
like Christians woke up with that purpose. Like, why is my day more important than my distractions? What purpose do I have on this earth? Like, I want to make hell nervous when my feet hit the floor because I'm on mm-hmm. purpose and I'm on mission. Yet instead, we are so distracted. And I, I, I'm a guilty as well. And I think that this is such a, a needed topic. But I, I think that that question, just starting our day with that question is powerhouse. So yeah, and stuff. starting your day, you know, if you are from a faith background, you know, that's why reading the Bible, praying, just if it's five minutes, taking a step outside, you know, just yeah. these simple things yeah. that almost have become radical because we've moved so far away from these kind of practices in our life. Um, because you're right. You know, I think, you know, we don't have to be taken off track with any kind of big, terrible right. thing happening in our lives. It's just these small distractions. And all of a sudden we're spending five, six hours of our day on our phones yeah. Which studies are showing that's kind of on average what we're doing. Um, and that equates, you know, if you do the math, that's about 15 years of our life wow. uh, that we'll be looking at our phone. And it's like, well, is that what we want to be paying uh, our attention to for 15 years? And, uh, and and that's why even in the book, I talk about the transaction that's taking place. It's literally built into the phrase of paying attention. You're, you're literally paying your attention to whatever you're focusing on. Yeah. And so it's even helpful for me to think about it as a, do I want to give my $20 bill right now to TikTok or to, to Instagram or to CNN or Fox News? Like, is this worthy of my investment mm. with my attention? Also, what uh, do I want to be in debt to the things that I'm spending the most time paying attention to? Um or am I investing my my attention into worthy things, into things of meaning, you know? And that's and that's why the Bible talks about a lot too, you know. Fix your mind on things above, you know. Focus on whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is righteous. Think about these things, so that you can then see and hear these things throughout your day. It's not so that you can trick yourself and and to say, well, my life is good. I got to trick myself into thinking my life is good, or that I'm blessed. It's known when you think about these things and you fix your mind on these things, now you can actually see the truth of the reality of these things in your life. And, yeah. and it's it's powerful and it changes it changes our day and it changes our life if we start forming these new habits and practices. Yeah. I heard someone talking about becoming an expert. You know, they say that if you spend 10,000 hours at something, you become an expert. So we will all living long enough, uh, accidentally become an expert in something. Right. And and a lot of times that's (laughs) scrolling social media Mm -hmm. or whatever. And again, not all bad things. There are wonderful things to learn on the internet, but it's, as you said, paying attention. What are we learning? What are we coming an expert on? Do we want to invest? If we step back and say, when I look at this year, I want to become an expert on A, B, and C. Are we spending our days and time doing that? And Mm -hmm. and oftentimes just, you get distracted and then before you know it, you've wasted this beautiful gift called life. And so. Exactly. And that's why I say, you know, the most successful and fulfilled people on this earth have really built the ability to pay attention to what's important to them. Mm. And then they just, they just stay there and they stay focused on that. Um, So it's not about, you know, I think we've become so much of a culture of, I got to see more, I got to hear more, I got to experience more. And I think that pendulum is is swung too far. And now it's kind of helpful to come back and say, um, you know, I actually need to narrow my focus. I need to just, I need to focus, you know, two or three things. And that's yeah. what I'm going to f- narrow my focus on because I want to really build my uh, skill set. I want to really build uh, my awareness. I want to build my abilities. 
uh, and I want to build a connection, you know, deeper rooted connection in these things, we'd be, I think we'd be much, much better off that way. And we, we'd actually make a lot more progress in our life than by feeling like, well, I got to be everywhere. I got to see everything. That's true. Yeah. You're right about that pendulum. There's so many topics where this extreme, this extreme. No. What about, what about we just stay in the middle? This is where a lot mm-hmm. healthier conversations. Um, one of the things that you mentioned in the book is the necessary of awkward, boring and quiet spaces. I would love for you to unpack that. <laughs> oh man. You know, and I'll, I'll just come clean. I don't like awkward spaces. I'm not like a glutton for awkward. Like my, I think my wife likes awkward somewhat. Like she kind of gets a thrill out of awkward situations. Like she finds <laughs> it funny and entertaining and she'll make it like purposely more awkward sometimes. And I know what she's doing. I'm like, I tell her like, like you were trying to make that more awkward for everybody. And she's like, yeah, I kind of was. I'm the opposite. Nice. I don't, I don't love that. You know, I find it uncomfortable and, uh, and I'm not an, uh, a naturally extroverted person. I'm probably more introverted. So even, you know, going to a party or meet new people, like that's uncomfortable and, and awkward for me a little bit. But, uh, but I found, you know, and we can get, there's a lot of studies about this, you know, and a lot of different findings, but basically, um, again, we're filling all those kind of moments in our life. Most of us with some distraction with our phone, you know, waiting in a line at a grocery aisle, sitting on the plane next to somebody, whatever it is, any kind of social encounter, we're, we're instantly pulling out our phone. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're, we're again, escaping into this instead of experiencing this awkward moment. Um, but really what we're doing is we're missing out on, again, so many beautiful moments in our day. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what I call, you know, not so chance encounters, you know, we call them chance encounters. I call them not so chance encounters because what are the odds that you're sitting next to that person on the plane? Like, it's incredible yeah. that you are both there at that moment in time. And it's like, you know, what has God orchestrated for you, you know, just to maybe just have a, a an encouraging conversation with somebody or maybe to have a life-changing connection with yeah. the one person you really needed to meet, but it never happened because you didn't want to experience that kind of awkward hello uh, and you just wanted to escape from that, from that place. And, and so I think we need those times and, and that, you know, an awkward moment for me at a conference is what led to my second book deal from happening It's because I just was awkwardly wandering around a conference and I encourage people to go to conferences and just awkwardly wander around and just see who you meet, go up to tables, talk to people. And and I went up to a table and I talked to a lady and she's like, you got to meet the VP of marketing at my publishing house. He would love you. And that led to book number two, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't the proposal. It wasn't some blog post. It was just a connection from an awkward wander. And, and so I feel like, again, we're, we're missing out on so much and we're removing that, those aspects from our life, uh, which we're, we're removing chances for unexpected, amazing to happen in our life. That's so good. And I think that you unpack so much because I think you and your, <laughs> your wife and I would be friends. I kind of tend to like awkward. I didn't, I didn't put those words around, but now that you say it. I just walk up to people. My dad does that. So I guess I get it honest, but I think that's so important too for our single friends. Cause so many people, I talked to a young girl just moved to town working night shifts, you know, didn't have any community. I'm like, well, you just go up and talk to people. That's easy to say mm-hmm. for someone who likes awkward, but I can understand that that's not comfortable for a lot of people. Yeah. But yeah, you just have to, how's the weather? I like your t-shirt. Uh, what's good at this grocery store yeah. or muffin place, whatever, like just start talking to people, embrace the awkward. And what if they don't talk back to you? 
well, <laughs> you weren't going to be best friends with him if you didn't talk to him at all. So, <laughs> yeah. And even from, you know, even like if you put it in a networking uh, proposition for, for something work related, I, I especially loathed those, those times, you know, where I feel like I got to be a car salesman and what's your elevator pitch and you got to impress people in 30 seconds. You know, I'm just like throwing out business cards, like I'm in the wild west, just slinging them out, you know, or what, whatever it's supposed to be. Right. But I started, you know, when I, when I even reframed in networking and started calling it relationshiping, mm. you know, I'm just, I'm just practicing relationshiping. I'm building relationships yeah. and, and I don't even need to talk about myself. Actually, that's counterproductive. If, if I just went up to this person and like you said, I just started asking them good questions about themselves, yeah. you know, and, and I even talk about it in the book, I talk about practicing the first five minutes. Can you, for, for the first five minutes, can you just get somebody else talking about themselves? Like just practice it. Yeah. Um, and that might even relieve some of that stress or tension because you're just letting them talk about themselves and they might leave that conversation and they're probably going to be thinking to themselves, I love that person. Like, they're so great. I really connected with them. They might yeah. not even realize that you didn't say anything about yourself, uh, but now they want to introduce you to all their friends, you know, or whatever it is. So uh, it helps to even reframe it in that way. And, and I talk a lot about relationships in this new book because that is such a big part of our day and such a big part of our lost connection and our, our inability to pay attention to each other. Um and, and, and really love, the base of all love starts with paying proper attention to somebody. Yeah. And so, so I really do focus a lot on uh, relationships, how to build deeper connections as a single person, as a married person, or in a work environment. This is so good. Okay, so we're going to make sure we put all the links for your previous books, because I think that all of our 20-year-old friends need to get their hands on those. But also the new book, when does it enter the universe? It actually is already out. It's um, so it's there. It's it's available wherever books are sold. So uh, you can check it out there or my website allgrownup.com is my website g r o a n so like you're groaning in pain all grown up. Nice. It's it's wonderful. I, um, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> those growing pains are built into the name. And uh, <laughs> but you can get free chapters from all my books. If you just want to check out a book, you can get free chapters from uh, from all five of my books. If you want to do a deep dive into all things Paul Angoni, you can do that at, at allgrownup.com. Oh, how generous of you. Okay, we'll make sure we link that. And and your social, I checked out the socials. You had some really good share-worthy stuff. I was like, yes, oh, thank Paul. you. Good job. And, 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 a lot, and a lot of it is me while hiking um, because that's a new practice I've built, you know, talking about new practices, is I have a 45-minute walk hike that I schedule into my workday and uh, and I don't listen to anything, no podcast, no music. I just go and listen. I go and pray. And uh, so a lot of the videos I'm making is towards the tail end of that hike, just because I'm so fired up and I'm beginning so many ideas. And, you know, I really, I'm, I'm writing my book while on that hike. And so I'm just documenting it, you know, and so a lot of the stuff you might see on my Instagram is me just on that hike, because I just feel like I got to get this idea down. And And again, that's the beauty part of taking those breaks, productive breaks, instead of just breaking, taking a break into your phone. Well, let me go garden. Let me go clean something. Let me go work with my hands. Let me go for a walk. And actually, I think those are going to be the most productive times of your day from a emotional, spiritual standpoint, but also from just a, an idea, uh, you know, getting downloads, getting new, fresh perspective. Um, and so I, I encourage everybody try to build some of those moments into your day. Even if you feel like you're so busy and so stressed, like 
even more so why you should do that. Yeah, I agree. I find a lot of times I'll have really good ideas when I'm falling asleep. I'm like, well, dang it. I need like a pen or whatever. But I think that it comes from that peace, that place of peace and rest. And mm-hmm. if you're working that in beforehand, you can rest and not have all of those ideas. So that's really mm-hmm. good stuff. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for being here and sharing so many good words of wisdom. And we'll make sure we link to all of your stuff. And I can't wait to stay in touch with with you on the interwebs. Well, me as well. Thanks so much for having me, Katie. No problem. If you enjoyed this episode, I would enjoy you sharing it with a friend. If you take a screenshot and share it on your social, make sure you give me a tag at Katie Bulmer Life, and I will definitely make sure I respond. And thank you so much for sharing the love. Hey, and if you're new to the podcast, make sure you scroll back. We have over 100 episodes interviewing experts and 20-somethings and everyone in between tackling all the hottest topics you wish you knew, but maybe just don't. This is called the Truth for Your 20s podcast, and I'm so thankful that you are here.